1: episode of the Ever Black Podcast is brought to you by Death Wish Hot Rods and Customs. Check out their Instagram for all their new t-shirts, caps, beanies, cups, and the all-new Atomic Death Liner. Yeah. Something like that, like it's... You know, I, I've had soundtracks that throughout the years that I've just absolutely still loved because of the connection to to the movies, like that I had on as a kid, like the Ghostbusters two soundtrack I had on cassette, and I fucking know how cheesy and shit it is. It's that early nineties rap, you know, it's like oh, a really bad mo- movie tie in tracks, but I fucking love it. Eh?
0: It, yeah but
2: that's stuff's kitschy and fun it's like the total soundtracks and stuff like that you know mm. they all have their their songs that we all know we all remember like ninja rap or like crap where it's like it's not good music but it's still really catchy <laughs> in the context of the pop medium that it's being placed within you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah it works and that's what's kind of odd it's like you know i don't think a whole bunch of famous classical songs would have gotten as big as they did if they weren't wedged into films like
1: <laughs> die hard and stuff like that you know in almost comical sequences just to prove a point oh that's it but you know what man some of my my favorite musical pieces are are from from moments in film like uh in Mm -hmm. alien alien three that yep yep yep. i I don't know what what the actual you know what title is but when when ripley spoilers um (laughs) jumps into the you know the the molten that that how just man that's like one of my favorite pieces of music like fucking ever like i get all like wet-eyed when when i hear it
2: that's it and it's like some some of those scores will just bring a certain response and i'm not sure like alien 3 i kind of remember who was on that at that point it's like god i know james horner did some of them but i can't remember exactly which ones and you know those films as we know change directors so fast it's like spinal <laughs> tap with drummers. you don't really know what you're going to get in the next one because <laughs> every film is like director of the week getting attached Do you know what i mean it was pretty weird for a period like yes. it's like oh, who wants to have a go at making this and it's like okay let's get the guy did city like what is it city of lost children or whatever let's get oh, him to do dude. one and it's like that's going to be an interesting film
1: <laughs> oh man i i do not like Alien Resurrection. I've tried many times over the years to revisit it, and it's just so French and arty. I have
2: moments I like, but like I really appreciate that art side of like French cinema. I love that stuff. I live for, <laughs> but I don't necessarily appreciate it being shoved into the zeitgeist of I, like, no. you know hardcore sci-fi where i just want like this almost like you know almost like starship troopers where you're almost yeah, yeah. looking for and i don't mean this in an offensive way but it's almost like this future outlook where all of the military almost have like this narcissistic appeal to them yeah, it's yeah, really yeah, horrible yeah. because everyone's like gray uniforms you know it, there's strict rules on everything and it's like it's way worse than we are now it's even further progressed yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i mean and it, it's like really disturbing because like starship troopers is a perfect example of that satire and i think that's what they were trying to do with
1: resurrection but it just dropped so short of oh,
2: the mark because it's not a series you put that sort of context no, on
1: it's not and like the the, like the end spoilers like we're talking about like fucking Thirty-year-old spoilers or something. Yeah, but I'm like, like, how old
3: are those? The, is that? Uh, there's gonna Seven be someone out there something.
1: that'll be like, oh, I haven't fucking seen it. Um, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the whole orgy scene. Yeah, like that, where it's yeah the weird just, writhing, <laughs> and she just yeah, it's like she's like, all right, <laughs> we're gonna the xenomorph gangbang, and then has oh, a. I guess it. I guess it beat Antichrist to the tree gangbang then. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs>
2: Predate, <laughs> so, date Maybe that's something. That I'm like, Lars von Trier definitely did not get inspiration
3: <laughs> from Alien Resurrection.
1: You know, if we asked asked um old Lars, you know, favorite scene is he's like a bit in Alien Resurrection.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I give it's up. I used I'm to quit pause life. it,
1: pause that. You know, it's masterpiece. It's <laughs> so the master. Yeah, it's like it's the greatest thing in cinema history.
2: Just, I just thought uh, oh man, that would be terrifying. I don't know how I yeah. feel about that.
1: No, 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 I don't know. I don't know. It's
3: no.
0: uh,
1: <laughs> but anyway, Jesus. we've been talking, yeah, talking soundtracks. <laughs> but uh Colin, thanks for joining us on the show. Oh, you're all good, that's, man. Sorry. Hey it's man, been that's a been a good chat. It's been a good little, little uh <laughs> little, long intro to to the show. But it's been don't fun. No worries, man. <laughs> well of been course very uh, good. It's good to see you. It is good to see you, dude. It is very good to see. You. Of course, uh, your electronic metal hybrid project, Monsters Around, is about to drop the new collaboration track, Bullet Press, and that features Matt from uh, Cryptopsy and Jared from Rivers and Nile. Nile, Neil. This is. Correct? It is. I'm. No, I know. I know because he corrected me. Um, Toby, sorry. Um, but <laughs> but uh, it's it's a great track, man. It's fucking sick. Thanks,
2: man. I'm glad you liked it. You know, I've sort of, you know, shared it to yourself and a couple of other people involved with in the project. And it's been, it's something I'm not sure how it was born fully. The whole like Monsters Around Us project, the original idea was just after finishing up with Schoenberg Automaton, which is the project I was doing yes. vocals in. Yes, I was just looking for something to do where I didn't have to rely on other musicians. I mean, I love being in a band, but we also all know that bands are like, you know, being with four wives um or more (laughs) depending or less depending on the band but every single one has a nuance every single one has to have something that you have to understand and you have to work with yes no one is perfect and that's humans and that's fine but you do that for like 10 years plus you just like the grind becomes real my own medical issues got in the way back then as well um And you just kind of have to look at things and go, shit, do I want to approach music this way? So it became, I'm going to try doing a solo thing. And I've always loved electronic music. Um, Obviously, love death metal. I'm never not going to love death metal, black metal, extreme metal in general. Um, But I've always thought that was an interesting meeting point between the two that isn't really explored there are a lot of really cool acts out there like yeah, the yeah. algorithm and stuff that hybridized you know he does a lot of gent influences and extreme metal influences with the french new wave of electronic music like your daft punk style acts, stuff like that um whereas i always thought from my perspective there's a lot of crossover between uk drum and bass hip-hop beats, and then if you flip that side with like slam new york death metal yeah, yeah. um there's still that dun, 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 when it's slow even when it's fast there's always those sort of blasts that aren't necessarily a constant blast but yeah and i've always just listened to a lot of it you know a lot of old school death metal and am going why doesn't anyone really mash it up i'm not saying i've invented something new here by the way it's just my how the way my brain works but it's like no one's really approached meeting the two where neither is lesser or more than the other, hmm. if that makes any sense. And I mean, you've heard the track, so you can tell me. And by all means, if you feel differently, please tell me. No, no, but no, no. I feel like the project now is about trying to find that hybrid where I can have extreme metal, but also extreme electronics and have the two actually work very well together and have it almost be like a band at times on certain tracks or EPs or whatever, but not have to have everyone involved in the songwriting which was like interesting to do with this one because i released an album earlier in the um inverted signs which had a couple of guests on that some of the guys from frontier uh pierre the guitarist the one of the guitarists from kadinja who's an insane jazz guitarist um and then after doing that i was like well why can't i get more (laughs) and just get more interesting so I sort of shit talked with Jared for a while and I just said, hey man, do you want to play? And he was like, um, okay. <laughs> COVID's boring. You know, like everyone else, like life was pretty stagnant when I approached him and it was sort of a weird time. And he's like, yeah, let's give it a crack. And he was actually setting up a space where he could record and stuff. Oh shit, that's awesome. Um, which is, you know, because he wants to be able to do session work and other yeah, things yeah, yeah. like that. And, you know, do videos and shit. So perfect timing, I guess. Serendipitous, but also just similar sort of attitudes and approaches and i sent him basically a, a construction of a whole bunch of riffs not even knowing if that's how the song would be constructed mm. but just with the tempos time signature and all that sort of stuff <laughs> within like a week of me sending him what i would consider horrendously recorded guitar tracks horrendously because they're just scratch tracks but they were like yeah, yeah. shit tracks shit tracks is what- <laughs> <laughs> they weren't great so what, what sent them off within a week he just sends back two solid takes to this stuff that is just metronome precision nothing wrong with it that i could find i'm like hmm actually he's done this change here and i like this so what he did then informed how i reconstructed all the riffs and stuff to then fit what he had supplied because like i said it's a collaboration it's not where i'm gonna go dude, that's not, I want you to play like this. No, no, I don't want any of that because that removes him from being involved. Yeah, He's yeah, just a right, gun yeah. for hire at that point. Um, and it was the same thing with getting Matt uh, from Cryptopsy to do vocals. It's one thing I remember for Schoenberg and stuff like that, like or being in any band, it's one thing approaching someone going, hey, do you want to do a guest vocal spot or whatever? And, you know, people might have their rates, or their time limitations or, you know, what they consider a guest spot. But it was a bit different messaging Matt and just going, you know, we've talked for a little bit through his Vox and Hops guys, because I've always been a beer appreciator and we've sort of, I've been pretty active in their Facebook page back in the day and stuff. Yeah, when it yeah, cool. started up. Um, so Matt and I have always talked and I, I did some filming when Cryptopsy came here last time and we met through Facebook that way. But he's always talked about how he's interested in different projects weirder genres hybridizing and things like that so i was like hey matt i'm actually doing this project this is inverted science i sent him the album at that point if you're interested let me know he's like no this is sick just let me know what you need for vocals um when you need etc and when the time came around i'm like uh it's not really a guest vocal spot i just need you to like write vocals for the whole song and then do vocals for a whole song so you're like actually doing the vocals not just the guest yes yeah. per se and he's like okay what's the theme and then we just went from there that's awesome
3: hey
1: in in and, it, i mean it's yeah. called bullet press i mean but how does that sort of tie in what's uh, so so, what's so, so um it, it a lot of monsters
2: like principles thematically are based around you know Not conforming to religious ideals, and you know, I know it sounds cliched for metal, but just just in general, not being forced down by anyone. And it's whatever you consider that pressure to be it could be a work, it could be a family member, it could be whatever. Um, it's whatever you can identify with. Um, so where were we going with this and getting sidetracked with that answer? Apologies.
1: No, 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 I just, uh, you know, uh, you know, the lyrical themes and how it sort of oh, yeah, so so
2: with bullet press, sorry, mate. Um, okay so when matt and i were talking about it he was asking about whether i wanted to supply lyrics or not and i basically said look the theme of when i was creating it textually is like we're talking about with films earlier because i think about everything like a movie because i used to do music videos as well and shit like that so when i was constructing it in my head i actually have this weird thing where i associate images with audio and it yeah, helps yeah, me, me construct too. stuff yeah, yeah 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 yeah. and and if you know it it'll help you make things yes like really really well so i always have this like very industrial mindset when i'm writing this sort of stuff because i work with more bit crushed and mechanical samples and sounds and what a lot of heavy triggering um so i just said what about the idea of lyrically visualizing an actual bullet pressing plant but where it's priests walking in giving up their crosses to be smelted down for bullets to then be given to children soldiers that are fighting for god that's cool hence bullet yeah
1: there you go it's brutal so it's hella anti-religious
2: that is is, i guess the general sentiment um but you can interpret it that however you want but the lyrics when it comes out it's all up on Bandcamp and stuff and it'll be attached on the video that comes out too so um but yeah it's definitely not uh Church friendly.
1: <laughs> just in time for Christmas, mate.
3: It's
2: a perfect Christmas track, man. That's it, an see? X-mas banger. There you go.
1: Move over, Mariah Carey. Chuck <laughs> some Christmas Ballet lights on. <laughs> go do your shopping. Put that on in your ears. You'll love it. See? There you go. It's like the, that, that it's just counter, counter accent. <laughs> That's it, man. That's it. But yeah, no, it's just honestly a passion project.
2: And I'm just going to keep going with getting more guests. Yeah, um, right. Is there track, someone like, you want to
1: get? Is there someone that you really want to get on board that you've been trying to? There's someone I could I, see. I could see that. You, I could see you might take it over. Like,
2: me. there's always someone. Like, if, if like if you're talking like have to have to have to work with someone. Yeah. Um, I would love to obviously work with any of the vocalists that have worked with Igor. That would uh, yep. just be sick. Yes. Um, I would actually love to get Frank Mullen from Suffocation. Yeah. Hey. Because like his voice is just so percussive. If there's like a blunt hammer of a human, it's that guy's (laughs) voice. It's so dry and hollow and it's just so heavy.
0: You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if
2: you're a suffo guy, but suffocation, there's something about that Frank Allen, uh Frank Mullins, like New Yorker, you know, that kind of thick accent, like on top of it. It it actually brings something to how heavy it
1: sounds with the accent chucked in there. It's just like Jesus Christ. It's not that New York hardcore thing, you know what I mean? They have they've got the you know that's the way they yeah yeah the really really it. thick
2: sort of yeah, yeah exactly and it's like super thick. Everything's like got a certain aesthetic and a certain mindset. You're just like holy shit, this is insane. Um, but yeah, Frank Mullen would be sick. Um, there you go. Otherwise, yeah, I've got. Oh God at this stage probably another 5 people lined up for yeah. future stuff and it's yeah it's i won't talk about who oh, <laughs> yet but see. not 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 <laughs> not 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 yeah, no, I know. I'll, I'll share with you, dude. Yeah, but yeah, um, cool. there's, there's actually a list. I've reached out to a bunch of people already. A lot of them are drummers and stuff because I, I yeah, obviously so. love working with drummers because I make electronic stuff. Yeah, yeah. So if I can do guitars and everything else and then they can add something more crazy on top, then I'm all for it. Um, but yeah, otherwise, just keep going. I'm starting work on another EP in January. Yeah, awesome, man. Which will, should be EP number... Four, four, I think, yeah, no, number four. (laughs) I think this is like the fifth single It's the album. There's three EPs.
1: See, but that's a good thing. It's a good thing because it's showing that you're, you know, how productive you are with it. You know what I mean? And it's showing that you've got that flow. Well, it's also because it's super personal. Hmm. Um, It's,
2: I'm very controlled about my output and it doesn't take me much to get inspired in a way where i can start at least constructing the shell of a few tracks then it might take a while to get those tracks or i might even just like shelve them for like a year or two in that too hard basket and then the weird thing happens where i'm writing a completely different thing i go wait a minute that whole track or three quarters of it i could literally just go splice onto there move this here holy shit And you're like, what, why didn't I think of this when I was working on it? This is so frustrating, but it just happens. You know how it is, like you're writing in a jam yeah, room. Yeah. You're like, do you remember this riff we hated two years ago? It works really
1: well here. Yeah.
2: you're like, it's oh good. no, it does. I hate you.
1: But it's funny because uh, Matt from Trivium said yeah. the same thing recently. There was a track one of oh, the best really? tracks on their new album is, is you know, based off the skeletal structure of a song they had like years ago yeah yeah, yeah. go and they were like oh let's give it another crack and it just ends up like it just they're like oh they they crack the code and end up being like one of their best tracks
2: and that's the funny thing is that i i feel like sometimes if it does end up clicking that naturally it really is like the golden goose if you will like you really can't beat it because it's uncomparable when by accident and serendipity you create this perfect storm that you're not even you saw happening. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah, I yeah. said that about Matt saying it. Because I think every musician, if they're like trying, will actually have tracks like that though where it's the complete opposite, where it's like some thing that they thought was rubbish and they were going to throw out and then magically it, you actually had a good foundation. You just didn't have the writing ability to finish it the way yeah, you
1: wanted to. Yeah, that's it. And sometimes it's just... You'd... You know, it's like a guitarist in in my band.
4: You know, he was—we mm-hmm. were just hanging
1: out, and he's like just going through his hard drive. And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, there's this one," and he played this one track, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And he's like, <laughs> "Something," and I was like, "This is this is the greatest thing I've heard." And he's like, "What?" And I was like, "Don't don't throw it out. Don't don't ditch that." So uh, 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 that's the thing. It it happens more than you think. Yeah.
2: Like a, a lot of a lot of stuff where I'm like going towards drag and delete, it then just gets moved to a folder instead that's like this is shit. Think about it later. And yeah. then you think about yeah. it later, and you're like, this is actually really, really pretty good. What have I done? Or like, why
1: didn't I think about approaching it this way? It could have been the There's biggest mistake. There's a million mistake. things to do with it. Could have been the oh, biggest exactly mistake right. just going off into the universe. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right, yeah. man. Exactly. So
2: <laughs> but no, no, it's um, yeah, it's definitely been a trip. There'll be a lot more of it. There's, I don't see it stopping at any point. It's just gonna keep probably getting a lot heavier. Yeah, sick. (laughs) Which is, which is funny um, because that was never the intention. The intention was always to be dark and pretty weird, but not necessarily get back into being heavy again. Considering I'd done that sort of stuff for a long time.
1: But it's got a good balance, man. Like there's there's the blend of it is is really well done. You know, I think.
2: Thanks. got it dude. nailed. Thanks, dude. And, and I think there's a, there's a certain knack I've gotten. It's not a secret or anything. But I mean, honestly, I, I don't see how more people don't see the unison in the metal scene, mm. which is gothic chorale vocals and stuff, which a lot of black metal users, a lot of death metal users, a lot of progressive metal users. How people don't sub out sections of the drum kit or bit crush the kick drums and the snares and stuff on their live kit... You know, because you can live process and stuff now. Yeah. Why people don't try doing that stuff? Because once you do it, unlocks these textures you literally didn't have at your disposal. And just because it sounds electronic doesn't make it any less more interesting. It's like, you know, I've had this debate with people, you know, the whole electronic artist versus a band or someone playing it. Like, you know, yeah, I play some guitar stuff but I can't play 90% of what I'm doing because it's programmed. But that's what electronic music, music is. I'm like, but no composer back in the 18th century could play every instrument in the orchestra that they were writing for, but they were still gods. Like, (laughs) no offence. I'm not comparing myself to Beethoven or something, but what I'm saying is that the approach to music is no different. You can't say someone doesn't understand or write good music just because they can't technically perform every
1: instrument involved in that composition. That's it. You know, the the funny... Oh, what was his name? Old actor, Honeymooners. Shit. Oh God. Oh, man. This is four oh, hours. Honeymoon time. Honeymooners. Is... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The dude who... I mean, I'm 36 this and this
2: is even pushing it. I know the I, I, I can't
1: think... Oh, What was his name? Anyway, he, he couldn't play anything. Apparently, he couldn't yeah. play anything, but he heard music and then he'd go and, and go to these orchestras and stuff and go, play this, play this, play this, play this, play this, mm. play something that sounds like this. And he was like creating some incredible shit, but he couldn't play this stuff himself.
2: That's it. It's like, you know, a playwright can write an entire musical, plays piano and maybe another instrument or two, Mm. but then they need... 100 plus performers in a full pit orchestra plus a rock band to actually pull that off and they cannot play all that stuff in unison and it's never gonna happen and they can't play all them at all no one can learn that many instruments to a technical (laughs) level in your lifetime i'm sorry it's just not fucking possible like i don't know about you but i know a few people who can play a lot of stuff well yep but you can't play more than a few, like there is a limit to what a human can do, I think I'm sure there's a freak out yeah, but like then there
1: you know? yeah, but then there's those guys like uh you know Prince, those really <laughs> rare people who who can just fucking do everything and you're like, oh,
3: fuck. yeah, well
2: i I think like those sorts of musicians too are like they are so rare <laughs> bill so, Bailey so
1: rare. bill oh, yeah. Bailey, yeah.
2: you know, yep. And, and that's it. They're, they're multi talented. But if you look at what they're actually playing and doing still, they're either in a standard compositional structure with making a beat that something's performed over or whatnot, or they're playing stringed instruments.
3: Yeah. yeah Which it's, at least stringed instruments yeah, yeah. have
2: some comparable skills. Like, you know, I couldn't, my brother's a violinist. I couldn't pick up and play a violin, but I could pluck one. Yeah. you yeah, could yeah, still yeah. make music if he wanted to. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but those dudes, yeah, they're insane. Like, I am I would never consider myself to be on a level of someone who can, like, multi-instrument. I'm like, I am average at best at guitar. I'm all right at, like, keyboard and piano. And that's about all I need to be (laughs) because the rest is theoretical and it's just applying it and knowing how to make structures and fit, you know, things into a, a medium. But it's also, like, electronic music part of the thing I love that's pulled it away from metal for me is... You don't have to stick to beat conventions. Mm. There's a lot of glitch stuff like Apex Twin and stuff like that. Where and um, Square Pusher, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. it's still catchy and it's got melodies, but the beat is just don't. You're not going to follow it. Like <laughs> no amount of ketamine is going to help you follow that beat. <laughs> not, not not that legit. Because I always loved Apex Twin. would talk about playing performing live. And you seen have know, you seen, have you seen him Have you seen Richard play live?
1: Not personally,
2: I've watched videos and stuff. Oh, he's um, awesome. It's 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 nuts. But what's funny is he's not even again. He's not performing his tracks.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just he's basically you
2: know. live deconstructing and yeah, yeah, filters yeah. and doing weird stuff. And everyone's like, "Oh, the guy's a genius." It. And yes, he is. But <laughs> live, he's not actually performing a lot. He's just having a damn good time and getting paid a hell of a lot. And I cannot blame someone for wanting to do that. Oh,
1: I had a good time. I didn't care what he was doing. But Where I, did you see him? Big day out. Oh, that would have been gnarly. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was pretty good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. It's, man, it's it also was,
2: dating us in Australia because we're like big bad oh, People like, what's that? The fuck? I
1: know. I know. And here I'm talking about shit that from sitcom actors from well before <laughs> But um, but uh, I did have a point. I did have a point. But uh, you know, you're talking about soundtracks and and the soundscapes you you create. Are you looking at doing soundtrack work yourself? Because I mean, you, visually you're you're amazing as well. I mean, you have made some incredible videos. Thanks. You know, man. The two the two go hand in hand, in my opinion. Is that something that you want to you know take steps towards? Um, I don't know. Maybe
2: I kind of just. It's honestly not something I've thought about yet. Just just I'm still discovering what monsters is after the last few years because it's mm. taken a, a little while to you know flesh out what what it is um i guess there's always the possibility i'm never gonna say no you know never say never on anything because i always say like oh, i'm not gonna do that and then i end up doing it for five or six years and i'm like what, what, why why um but no 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 um i think there's always a chance of doing more of that more probably i'll probably explore more music video visuals Mm. than i would game stuff because i think there's more not necessarily a narrative but a surrealist link if that makes sense where like you've if anyone checks it out when it comes out the actual video is it's all stock footage but it's assembled in a way That is less about what the visuals are telling you necessarily yeah yeah but the the way the video overlays the statics and things like that along with the the inverted cross overlays and certain visual mirroring and things like that is designed is actually based on like a visual ideal where you're trying to almost discomfort it's like you know when you see a film like sinister if you've ever seen that
1: Uh, you know what it's on my list of of movies to see that i've never seen
2: or, or let's just say anything that's got like genuinely creepy old-timey footage <laughs> like yes. old-timey projector footage or something yes, yes, um, yes. that's how i approach it is almost the concept that if you were viewing it for the first time with no context how uncomfortable can i make you feel and that's literally wow, how i, I approach already. the visual that's, side yeah yeah yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Which, which, which if i had to do a game like i'm like oh man it would have to be something probably like an old-school FPS, like something very Quake. <laughs> <laughs> <There> <laughs> you know you what go. I mean? Yeah, 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 but there you that, go. That... Reso. Oh, Reso did yeah. that. And, and that's the thing. Like, that sort of stuff would be, you know, it, w- it would be a dream. It's a lot of work, though. I've seen mates working on that stuff. Like, Remy Algorithm, he does a bunch of it. And I've just seen the programming. go into that like but but for the way you have to assemble tracks and things like that too because a lot of the time you're not just writing it as a song that loops you're writing it as passages that depending on what's triggered yeah 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 yeah. i I, I don't know if you ever went in depth with like mick gordon on the doom soundtrack stuff um the actual full soundtrack like the released one In various versions, the longest one you can find is about, I think it's three and a half, four hours long. The actual game soundtrack is like I think it's like 18. (laughs) And I'm not kidding. Like There's just weird digest stuff. Yeah, and it has to be written in a way that he has to understand how code can, like you as a musician now have to understand the coding to understand how they're going to go, like if he reloads and that drum hitters queued what cues can stem off that yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) and i'm just like yeah i'm not good with maths, man that's just a little too i'd need someone else to get on board with me helping (laughs) because that's just at a level i can't comprehend and those dudes are freaks like the fact they can write music like that and understand like reasonable level of game programming Mm. because you can't just be like a low level programmer knowledge I've looked at that stuff and it just isn't that easy. There's a lot of... Because you, you have to prototype basically when you, you're selling it to them too. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not nice. just the case of going, my tunes are sick. You have to be like, my tunes are sick. Here's how they'll work. And that's a whole lot of work unto itself. So you can understand why one composer gets dedicated to like a film
1: or a game or something for like two years. When you have to write a that much stretch. music... And that's oh, you've got to be in it, hey. You'd have to well, be it's like like, like, a, mentally, physically...
2: Well, well, you know, you watch a Netflix series, right? Or any of those sorts of shows. The soundtrack. They'll release it on, you know, um, Spotify or whatever. And it's always like an hour, hour and a half. Mm. But you're like an episode's an hour and you know you've heard fresh musical cues in each one. So it's like how much of that soundtrack is not put into the official one? It's like and some baseball. dudes had to write all this because they to like, meet the yeah, cut for selling. And you're like... And it, he's probably crying in the corner going, my favourite track has never heard by anyone. Yeah, it's <laughs> <C-D-A>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And it's like... it be like Vangelis and his Blade Runner, you know? like, And all mm-hmm. the stuff that he did, you know?
2: Yeah, like, that stuff's insane. Wendy Carlos with the Tron soundtrack.
3: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You
2: know, you... you um, people can say whatever they want about those things but those sorts of soundtracks are insane I'm trying to remember the name of the movie it's an old based off a of Michael Crichton novel Jesus Christ we're talking old you know you know, like Jurassic Park author yeah it's like oh. the something project or the, the Manhattan God. no 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 it, it's going to annoy me it's like in a research base kind of thing but w- Wendy Carlos who did Tron did the soundtrack for that as well, and it's actually the first sure. film score to use entirely synthesizers. No way. Yeah, and it's kind—it's—it's of, it's a real trip out. I'll link it to you after this. I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Hook it me up. I'm, I'm it is really that, interesting to hear. It is super weird because it is literally the first implementation of an entirely synthesized score. So it is the weirdest sounding stuff you've ever heard because no one knew what they were doing.
3: Yeah, they're yeah like yeah.
2: no, nope, we're going to do it. Oh, I'm trying to remember. So, Michael, it's like about a virus in a goddamn bunker. It's going to annoy me. I'll find a name and tell you later, though. I know it's not going to help for this, but it's oh. pissing me I'll off. A, this is happening with you. us and
1: I. Like, it's like it's right there and you, it's just it's, it's oh. in a corner somewhere. And then as soon as we'll stop chatting, it'll be like, that's what it is. I,
2: I think that's <laughs> most conversations in life. You <laughs> you're, <be> like, like, <sighs> you're good for 90% and then you're like, oh, God, what's that thing? Never mind. We're talking oh, about yeah.
1: soundtracks, though. What's What's your favorite yep. soundtrack? What's the one that's? Uh, Oh,
2: so it's. uh, This is like a really hard one because it can be many based on how I'm feeling. And that sounds really lame because everyone says that with music. But because soundtracks are like so genre specific or like, you know, contextually specific, I think if I had to think of one that was something that I could put on and listen to, I actually really like the soundtrack from old boy, like the South Korean film. Yeah. No way. It's a mixture of almost like lo-fi beats and stuff. Lounge jazz, other things. The reason why is because it is so weird and eclectic. It's actually a cool listen when you're doing stuff like cooking or whatever. It almost makes me, it takes my brain to a place that is somewhere else.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah.
2: not necessarily music I'd listen to. Um, I think the other really big influence on me, because <clears throat> when I saw this film and heard the soundtrack, I was like, I wouldn't mind doing stuff like that. And I was probably only about well, maybe 18, 17. Uh, was, have you ever seen Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai, with Forrest Whitaker?
1: Oh, that's, that's going back a bit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that's a RZA soundtrack. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. it is, isn't it? Yeah. But it's all
2: Japanese. He uses, unlike where there's where there's constantly rap over it, which is fine as it plays. And I really do enjoy it. But what's really cool about it is it's all those Eastern influences, but much more on the Japanese, like pen, like flutes and things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
2: it's a lot of that sampled with his really dark hip hop beats. And that film at that point in my life, along with that music, just kind of burnt into my brain. Um, And just because the way I link things, like I either do it biographically or to a film or something, It's just always stuck there because that particular film has always stuck with me. Like Jim Jarmusch movies just stick with me. I don't know why. I haven't even seen all of his films, but whenever I see one, it gets stuck in my head for like five years and I can't work it out.
3: <laughs>
5: yeah, well, well they're yeah. actually kind of similar
2: in that they both yeah, yeah. have that surrealist. I mean, Lynch is obviously heavier leaning on the surrealism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they both have that odd surrealist thing where they'll take a very normal situation like Twin Peaks diners, and it just becomes so uncomfortably out yeah, yeah, of context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And odd, <laughs> and just um almost melodramatic to a point where yeah. if you don't understand the the artist it's it's like walking in and seeing a picasso and not actually knowing who picasso is because yeah, we all know yeah, picasso yeah, yeah. before you see a picasso everyone's like oh picasso paints these crazy like abstract paintings and, you see it, and you're see you like oh that's picasso but imagine if you're the guy that first saw <laughs> <Are> you just <laughs> and you're like what is this shit is that a toucan <laughs> <laughs> so
3: like, like oh, no. you wouldn't be able
2: to work out what uh, anything is it's like because it was a new thing but it's yeah. like you know what i mean it kind of that sort of context is quite good uh, it definitely reframes things yeah
1: so, yeah but i mean i mean i'm i love my david lynch stuff especially like the oh, angelo badella i can never say his last name about menti composer um Bad. Yes, <laughs> anyway, I love his like the jazz. I can't shit. Say it either. No, but I, I just I love that, especially as, a, as I was saying before, like the Lost Highway soundtrack. Um,
2: well, he is a very music cue inspired yeah. director, too. Like, he's one of those guys that I feel like Carantino does, where when they're writing a film, mm. they've got some soundtrack running in their head already, and they just go, I already know what's going to happen in this scene,
3: yeah, yeah, and because
2: they know it that well, it just absolutely kills it when they're actually constructing the project because they've already like like the painting concept. They've yep. already done the whole thing in their head. It's already all there. They just need these people like they just need to get there on the day and their canvases their actors and it's yep. like you stand there, you stand there. Perfection. Next have you ever heard, heard Crazy sort of Clown
1: Time? David no. album it's like nip no. <laughs> of it man. It's it's one of my favorite albums of all time. I'm gonna to have to check. I, didn't, I, I knew he did
2: music. I just hadn't realized
1: that. Man, it's it's fucking incredible. It's literally, it sounds what it is. How he, <laughs> It's hard to describe. It's like literally, mm. you can listen to it and visually in your head, you can. It's it's exactly what he'd do, but it's the flip of it. I can't even describe it. It's just do yourself a favor. Crank up fucking um, crazy clown time and just let it, yep. let it take you there, man. It's fucking um,
2: incredible. I'm, I'm 100% down. Anything like that stuff where it just is so odd, particularly in yeah. its own place without the visuals and everything, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it can be pretty damn cool. It can be pretty damn
3: cool.
1: Imagine all think- these characters, but in, yep. in song form. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's fucking cool.
2: Now, now I'm even more interested slash concerned.
1: Yeah, man. Yep, yeah. Because you, you cause you'll go, what the fuck? He sounds awful. <laughs> the vocals are terrible. But then you listen to it, you go, oh, I can't know what he's doing here. It's a It's his characters. It's fucking cool. And and
2: and that's that's the thing. If you appreciate or understand an artist a certain way it's really going to enhance that particularly for those sorts of things and like i'm gonna get get a kick out of checking that out. because i I knew he did music i just never actually bothered to look and see
1: if he did an album he's got a couple but that's the that's the good one the first one Mm. it's incredible
2: when's it from
1: oh five six years ago maybe longer
2: okay so i was gonna say he's only been doing like albums in recent times yeah
1: yeah Yeah, it's probably it's
2: it's not an old thing, is it?
1: No, 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 no. It's probably. It's not like John Carpenter.
2: It's like forty years. life. (laughs) he's he's been writing sick
1: tracks. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but I do like Carpenter stuff. There you go. I,
2: I think he's cool. I just think it's funny that the thing you know, which is the film, he obviously gets most. Yeah. Play him for nowadays, which is fine because yeah. it is a masterpiece. I think it's funny that that's the one where he wrote the original score, then hated it, so he had to get a Nino Morricone who did the good, uh, good, the bad, the ugly score to do the score for it. <laughs> so it's like the one time he didn't actually do a score I for it. You not know girl. that there you <laughs> go, the best one, <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. No, so all from my understanding, all he wrote was the synth the doo, doo 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 and the dun dun dun, dun oh there you go dun, i didn't dun. know that that's it everything else is a orchestral score but they minimized what instruments they use. so it was like a very small like chamber kind oh, of yeah, group because yeah. they just wanted certain elements highlighted <laughs> but um morricone famously hated electronics so the compromise was for the theme, they would let him have his same thing with the... But otherwise, yeah, it's like you listen, you watch the film, it's all orchestral stuff. It's more like, a, you know, Aliens or something. It's more traditional.
1: Yeah, but what about uh, Big Trouble and Little Joe? You know? The song, the theme. In I'm pretty trouble. sure that's... I'm pretty sure that's
2: <laughs> very much uncuffed. <laughs> which wouldn't surprise me i mean there's the ghosts of mars soundtrack i don't oh. know if anyone's ever well, it's, a, it's a it's a pretty terrible. average film but the soundtrack is hilarious because it's yeah. got like dude some anthrax and buckethead yeah <laughs> it's, that's... it's like the most odd grouping of people <laughs> you could get for a soundtrack and it's it amazingly kind of works but with the film no <laughs> no one needs. It's, no one needs to
1: see Jackie Brown in the transporter fighting space zombies. No it's one terrible. Needs to see uh, I was so disappointed. He's hit or miss. He's hit or miss, but I do love him. But uh, watch, I mean, go, watch it for the cast now. Just go back and watch it one day and watch the cast because you're gonna be like, I can't believe
2: these people are in this movie. Is it,
1: is it LL Cool J or is it?
2: Oh uh, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it's LL Cool J. It's like Pam Grier from Jackie yeah. Brown, buddy Jason Statham there's just all these actors where you're like why are you in this damn film what was so bad in your life at this point in time?
1: i need the money i need more cool J. uh hey everyone needs a job right that's it that's right that's right but you know in regards to you playing live i mean i know it's you know tricky at the moment but are you wanting to take this on the road yeah so um
2: maybe not touring and stuff but one of the things I've done is random gigs here and there, which has been funny. Like first time for a project where it's not a metal band, like you know the deal with a metal band, whether you're new or not, you are playing local shows. You're going to play some random ones, um, at least on your first band or two. <laughs> There's no compromising on that. You might eventually have some kind of pull or something where you can have a bigger launches and things like that straight off the bat. Um, but one of my things with this, is, I just wanted to get gigs based on getting gigs, if that makes sense, but be selective about what I applied for. I didn't want to just be doing a show every week. So this project's been around since 2018. Yeah, 2018. Um, And I've literally only played like five times, six times live in that entire time. And it was like pretty selective. I've done purely electronic sets, Yep. before i was doing guitar stuff um which was stuff at crowbar doing like late set like i did like a late set after a mate like at a album launch thing it's like my first thing so it was just like after all the bands had played so it's like an after party thing which is cool because it was chill and it was friends so it was like no pressure <laughs> then after that i ended up going down and doing laser highway in melbourne which is like that's One of the cool. synthwave clubs down there, which is actually like the main synthwave cl- down there, which was fun. That was pretty hectic. And I'm going to go do that. Hopefully, you know, issues providing and COVID and everything else. Uh, hopefully do that next year sometime again, because I really do want to go down and play again, because it was really damn fun. Um, other than that, yeah, a couple more local things. We just did a show in... I want to say September, but I also want to say October because we had to delay it once or twice. Yeah. It, it was lockdown so. stuff. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. So, like,
2: I, I remember one date and then I'm like, was that the actual date we ended up playing? You know what I mean? Like, did we yeah, plan yeah. that date? But we did do the show. Um, That was fun. It was like a small little intimate venue here, Sculligans, but it was sold out, so that was sweet. So we did our capacity thing and that made everyone happy, which is always nice. Um, Other than that, the only other show I've really done was when I first kind of... Really jumped up and went, I'm gonna do guitars on lots of stuff. Cause I'd done one show where I did like two songs where I went, I'm gonna play guitar. I've never played guitar live. So I was just like, Yeah, let's see how this plays out. So it was like low-key local show, just yeah, yeah. the first time. And then the time where I actually did it for most of the show was Perturbator. That's
1: right. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Because it
2: was and it was just me. So I had to do like it's like a 45 minute or a 50 minute set. <laughs> so i wrote an ep three weeks before the show with more guitar stuff and more tracks so i could pad out my set even longer (laughs) it was sick it was fun the show was really good i i from what i I heard i played fine people dug it um james is a nice dude i met him over in europe a few years ago um with remy and stuff very chill we're both godzilla fanboys so pretty much within five minutes i'm like have you seen this limited vinyl thing and he's like what (laughs) we just start talking crap about godzilla (laughs) um but yeah like a lot of that just old electronic stuff um but i mean he's like a level of electronic artist that is unto itself nowadays he's somehow managed to be both an electronic artist but a cult rock star if that makes any sort of sense if you know what i mean yeah yeah no one in the electronic scene rides that vibe because everyone's like once you hit a certain level, you become the dude who's doing festival circuits that's like, you know, mad doof pinger fests where it's just really bad club techno and stuff, and you might yeah, be yeah. a good headliner or whatever. Yeah. But he's made this insane niche where he's... And I'm not saying this in a bad way. Him and a whole bunch of the other synthwave artists that have gotten big, like um, Ghost and stuff, they've all sort of found this way to cut into the metal scene and just like the occult kind of music scene
3: yeah 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 yeah. in
2: a way that no one else could and they've combined everything they've combined good songwriting the visuals film aesthetics the horror movie aesthetics basically every nerd niche genre can be mashed into synthwave or something thereof and it works i mean it also probably helped with that, that film drive Came out, yeah, <laughs> got yeah, really yeah. famous. Because yep. you know, Kavinsky off that was probably the first guy because he was the dude who's sort of daft punkish but he had that synthwave vibe, and he's what you technically call a synthwave artist. So once that blew up, there was this point where that blew up, that film became a cult thing. As you know, cult things generally link into the metal subgenres yep. and everything else. And <laughs> then within three years, all of a sudden, hey, pulsing electronic 80s style synth music that sounds dark is really popular again what is going on and it just kind of came out of nowhere at that point i remember it was about a six month period where i was hearing some stuff and then it was just metal injection every every other site just covering it you know day in day
1: out yeah <laughs> but constantly it's and you're like what what the hell it's good it kicks you know because mm. i guess i think about a lot like there's the whole industrial thing for years mm. has always been on that fringe of that you know what i mean it's yeah, yeah, always yeah. been that, you know, and then the tech metal came in, like the, you know, your Fear Factory and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's always been slowly sort of melding well, over, and then that's
2: it. To me, it's never been a new thing. It's just something where like certain groups have yep. gotten some kind of fame, or well, not even fame, notoriety. I guess is a better word for it. But they've gotten that, and then they've gravitated and become bigger, but then. You only find one of those people every 10, 15 years.
3: Mm.
2: You know, there's only one ministry. There's only one thing I'm like, I'm not the biggest fan of those guys, but there is only one of them. Yeah. Everyone who tried to copy it is not a famous band. <laughs> no, that's yeah, that's like, right. I'm not joking. <laughs> They're not a famous band. It's like, um, you know, the, it's almost like the new, new metal thing. Mm. Yeah. People considered a fad when it happened, but you've also got the flip side, which is the fact that the few bands that really cut through slipknot
3: yeah yeah yeah, that's (laughs) right that's right they are
2: never gonna go away like it's no different to metallica like i don't see where people don't see the similarity in that subgenre to any other one coming through like thrash someone's gonna smack me in the head go thrash is more true it's like yeah, yeah okay cool it is but you also gotta remember unless you're one of about eight bands you don't have a good career in it and you're not living off it anymore Yeah. Like if you literally if you're not like one of the big what is it big four or whatever it is and then like testament creator or I don't know Exodus I mean Exodus probably half of them have day jobs I don't even know nowadays I mean
1: yeah it's true like you know like Overkill (laughs) I think um, yeah people seem to not understand
2: that like quite well known big metal bands from the 80s and 90s literally don't have incomes off their music and they just make music because they like music still.
1: That's it. I think Bobby Blitz from Overkill's a uh, chocolate, chocolate, what do you call him? Chocolate maker.
2: Uh, I always, Bobby Blitz, he always cracks me up because I remember like watching like metal videos as a kid and there was an Overkill one for, for horror. Is it horoscope? I think so. <laughs> he's got like blue fake lightning in his eyes and it's all desaturated and black and white. I've never seen he's, that. Like, the tightest gene <laughs> and he just keeps. He keeps whacking his thigh like it's an ACDC video. It's so good. I'm going to look yeah, at it. It's literally a comedy man. <laughs> Pretty sure it's horoscope, but it's like black and white. And it starts off looking like, oh, is this going to be like a Terminator vibe? And it's just like, <laughs> it's just like ACDC. It'll like a worker's yard
3: vibe. <laughs> but it's a trash video. <laughs>
2: that's, a, that's brilliant.
3: It's oh, actually watch really that. funny.
2: <laughs> I like Overkill a lot, by the way. i <laughs> shit. I just think that video is hilariously like era appropriate when you see it. It's just really weird.
1: There's a lot of those. There's a lot of those. Oh, what, God, about, yeah. what about Dark Mofo? I think that'd be fucking cool.
2: Yeah, so like I would love to play Dark Mofo for myself. Like, yeah, if I was gonna do more stuff, Dark Mofo is definitely a goal. And for anyone who doesn't know that, that listens to this, it's like a big art sort of arts music culture Mm -hmm. festival that happens in Tasmania here but it's also heavily influenced by pagan (laughs) like rituals and festivals and all that sort of stuff so it's like a lot of weird red crosses and things burning and yeah and if I mean if anyone's interested and hasn't looked at it just look up some of the bills they've had in the past and it's incredible it's it's insane (laughs) it's like extreme metal and then the next night it's like Ulver and sun playing back to back and you're like okay. You win. Man. I wanted to go.
1: <laughs> was it last? Was it last year? year before? Okay, I can't remember. And they had a mentor. Like, oh,
3: that was. Uh, when was that? Is it this year? Oh, I don't
1: know. I'm trying. I to want remember. to say
3: this year. I actually think it was this year because I think it was
2: after the mentors' album came out. I don't yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it was. And I was. No, there. no, it was because because yes. the,
2: the dudes from Growth who are a sick band. Some they mild, are, yes. Close friends. Fucking amazing. They band. were really devoured because they were meant to be playing it and I felt really fucking awful for them because the lockdown stuff prevented them from being able to travel or something, but then Amenta guys could at the time or whatnot. Amenta are like
1: literally my favourite Australian live metal band Me too. In history. Me too. High five. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I will forever say it. They are my favourite Australian metal band like i and, think in I, any, any
2: iteration
1: it doesn't bother
2: me i've seen yep. og amenta yeah that stuff was crushing us it was menacing
4: planning on traveling this summer
5: Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.
2: Then you've got like middle era and now you've got the newer era. And it's just, it doesn't matter. The dudes just have an intensity live that no one seems to honestly be able to match. It's true. 100%. Or even a, try and replicate. It's really bizarre.
1: But on an artistic side of things like Kane, I think he he's just next level. Like, he's one of the best dudes. Oh, got you. Shout out to Kane. But fuck, man, that dude. Hi, is- Kane. Yeah, hi, Kane. But fuck, he's just... I just I just think what he does is just incredible, incredible vocalist, but artistically as well. Visually, he's just he knows how to do shit. I also think they it sounds really dumb, but I think they approach
2: an extreme metal band in a way that I appreciate more than other metal yeah, bands. Like yeah, again, yeah. I put out lots of music. I pump it out. Um there is something artistically wholesome about the fact that those dudes just pull the plug sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. More yeah. than once in their career, they have. They've just yeah. pulled the plug and they've disappeared for like six years, whatever, seven, eight, ten. I can't remember nowadays, but it was a lot in between yeah. those gaps. Um, and then they always come back with a slight change, mm. but not in a way that's remotely um, disingenuous to what they were trying to achieve ever that's it it just becomes a new element and that's again i think another part of extreme music or extreme metal particularly is it doesn't have to be what you typically think of like it doesn't have to be blast beats into slam into black metal riff into fucking thrash section into whatever like it's a very archetypal way of writing that stuff and the mentor i think of the perfect crossover where like monsters is definitely heavily inspired i love those dudes like i've known them since day dot they are amazing people. I've always <laughs> tried to hang out with them when they're around and whatnot. They're just good fun. Um I've
1: been sick too.
2: I would love to do it. Yeah. I would love to do it. Because that, that, that's like one of the things I, I've also been playing with, around with the idea of, which is getting a live drummer at some point. That'd be cool. Um, some of the songs are completely impossible and I understand that. So that would either be a, hey, you take a break and just get to chug beer for five minutes or whatever like (laughs) chill you know what i mean like there are groups that not everyone performs every song there is i I don't find anything weird about that there's nothing wrong with that um i don't play guitar in every song like there's songs where i use sample guitar because i'm doing more on the electronics and i need my synths and controllers and stuff to actually do it whereas if i were triggering it then i'd feel lazy because i'd just be playing an open note in a weird pattern like that's not (laughs) playing a
1: riff you know what i mean like to me it's just that's that's just being disingenuous to myself at that point but they can always you know there's other things that you know drummers can do a lot of drummers are pretty clever they can play other stuff well that's the
2: thing i just think people
1: need to break out of
2: like what people want out of the music i know that sounds Mm -hmm. really horrible and almost like You know, if you're a diehard fan of a band, you're going to go, oh, no, don't do that, please. Um, I don't see the issue because you really do have to push yourself sometimes.
1: Some of the best stuff has come out of that, though. I mean, where fans have been like, what the fuck are you doing? But then, you know, we we wouldn't have some of the best albums around if bands didn't do that, you know?
2: Well, I, I, I mean, a good example is Matt Cryptopsy, who I worked with. Yeah. A lot of people don't like the first album he appeared on cuz it's got the metalcore breakdowns and the clean singing yeah. and the keyboards and not, it's it's really more of a deathcore kind of cryptopsy. It's not yeah, even yeah, yeah. fully cryptopsy at times. Um, but then as we anyone who's followed them still knows they worked out that from their system and I personally still had fun with that album like at that point in time I was listening to a lot of deathcore and other stuff. So I was like, oh, sick, cryptopsy yeah, doing deathcore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm like yeah <laughs> but then it was kind of funny to see them then come back and then everything they've released since is just more extreme than they've ever pushed their music yeah, yeah, yeah. i think possibly i don't know if flow can possibly get more in human i know there are faster drummers and stuff now but the way the dude approaches patterns and fills structures and stuff he always leads with this like i don't know if you've ever seen it there was a a video by Martin, oh, I'm gonna say Martin Jin, Janinovic, whatever his name is. I'm just really bad, I feel horrible saying it wrong. Um, he's like a drum dude on YouTube, he does drum breakdowns and metal technique stuff, and that Yeah, I
1: think and, I know the dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did
2: one on Flow, and I thought it was really interesting because, yes, there is like the art spy drummer Spencer is just a machine and goes at you know 350 BPM, and it's just yeah, like, yeah. yeah, but there's something about seeing someone like Flow who he's showing is doing his full stroke hits, and you can tell he's getting like he wasn't warmed up enough or whatever and martin dude when the camera angle changes it's like a high angle draws on there and he's like so if you look here you'll notice his knee is no longer going up and down and is now locked in position so like flows at a technical level where he realized he was too tired for full strokes. Yeah. So he went to heel and toe in the middle of the whole section, and you can't actually—if you listen to it isolated—you can't hear. That's insane. It change. and I, I, I don't know many drummers who can comfortably change. They can play speeds constantly up and down with the same technique. Yeah. But going switching mid gears, song, switching gears without losing that tempo is not really normal. Oh. That's a point where you're like just living with your instrument, and you just know how to use everything on it. It's just—it's just fucking crazy.
1: It's fucking crazy. Yeah. But uh
2: I I I don't understand that, but No, neither do I. I can't thing. play. <laughs> you know, I, can't,
1: I can't. I can barely, you know, I can I can hit one thing. And that's it. That's all I do. I just I'm you. like <laughs> That's all I did for years, man. It's good therapy. We had some good times, man. We had some good we did. times. We, we did good good times.
2: many, many actually over the years. It's yeah, good. God. <laughs> I think it's been a long time since I've done the metal stuff, but yeah, God, Schoenberg was around for years and then crossed the lips before that and a few others. So it was a, <laughs> a lot of occasions. I think we've
1: the, uh, hung
2: out for anyone who doesn't know us.
1: Yeah, man. Was it the basement and uh, what was the other one? Basement,
2: ones? Rosie's. Rosie's. God, um, Indie Temple, if you were ever kicking around there. Yeah,
1: not that one. The other oh, one. place
2: The Indie Temple was weird, man. The place was a weird venue, but it was also really (laughs) cool. Because I saw some weirdo shows there, like exhumed. Really? (laughs) And we're talking this place is like a vel a velvet set Yeah, 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 by the way. Indie Temple was like shut down for years. It's like a seventies style velvet underground lounge bar. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. So it has
2: like the pillars and the booth tables everywhere with the little lamp sort of deal. Exhumed place. (laughs) That's fucking crazy.
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I still and remember it. it's one of the,
2: I, I've, I've always loved that sort of like death grind, thrash grind stuff, and it just that set is burnt into my brain because halfway through the last song, the power cut out. Oh, and the band just looked at each other and kind of they, they literally just shrugged and went, "Hey, we're exhumed. Thanks, guys." And they just walked <laughs> off. Look, <laughs> like they didn't bother finishing or anything. They're just like, eh, that yeah. was fun." But yeah, I saw Deeds of Flesh play there. Wow. Well. Like original Eric lineup, Deeds of Flesh, like OG Deeds
1: of Flesh. And uh, Br- Brisbane's a bit weird like that. We're, we're, I saw Drab Majesty yep. and the Black Queen. At was that a Black Bear? The, the bl- Lodge? It's like this yeah, tiny little. Yeah, man. I was like. Upstairs, up, little box sort of tiny thing. Tiny little, little like. I was like, I didn't understand. <laughs> and it looks
2: like a little lounge bar kind of yeah. thing. Like almost yeah, like yeah, a yeah, yeah, Lounge yeah. bar,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's about as wide as this room. It's tiny.
2: And, like, I'm off yeah. for small venues, but it's, like, for a band, to me, for a band like Drab Majesty, that's odd. But, you know, I also think the people putting on that show are smart enough to realise that the market for that stuff isn't big enough here yet. But if yeah. you do the right venues with the right ticket price point, etc.,
1: you're actually going to come out in the green. Well, I saw them. I can't remember the last venue I saw them at. It was only it wasn't long ago, but it was mm. fucking awesome, man. Good turnout, good show. Um, well,
2: hopefully that's how it goes yeah. in the future with gigs. Like people, mm. I, I actually the one thing I, I know this sounds really horrible as a musician because there's probably people out there going, "No, shut up." But like for the local scene, as far as I'm concerned, like international stuff, you know bigger acts the big acts from here that go internationally they have to do what they're doing yeah <clears throat> but i wouldn't mind seeing <clears throat> a slight bring back of what the local scene is don't have bands playing every <laughs> i mean it's fine if you want to be playing i'm yeah. not hating on you but <clears throat> there's all every band has a point where they're playing a lot of gigs but there's a point where you're playing too much in your own like playground
1: yeah that's it yeah, and you
2: yeah. get so oversaturated and you're not going to get the response you want and you kind of become the band that plays shows to their mates and the drunk guys that think they're funny or whatever. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I've seen years of those from the basement, that's for
1: sure. Yeah. And yeah. I don't ever want to get to the point that I'm going <laughs> to I mean, like, it's, it's cool good. if you want to like bash it, because like, we're going to be doing it. We're going to be playing a, a string of shows in Queensland. No, but that's the I'm thing. Doing go. a run is yeah, sweet. Yeah. You know, we're we're playing Gold Coast Brisbane because there's nowhere else to play. But then well, I think we, it's not for metal, no. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But I, you know, we've got we've got some stuff booked. But apart from that, it's I don't think we're going to be looking at overplaying. You got to find that. You got to find that. You know, the the picky and choosy a little bit, just so you're not overplaying. Oh
2: yeah yeah like like but by all means you still have to do your runs and stuff yeah but there's the bands that literally play a show every fortnight wherever they can get a show every fortnight yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like you'll see them on every lineup and technically if you're playing shows and you're getting good you should be moving up the lineup yeah and then they're constantly just on the lineup if yeah that makes sense. like they're just there but uh, you know, and that's the point where I always rethought about music. But I mean, everyone has a different thing. Again, I'm true. not hating on you if you love getting shitfaced and playing with your mates. Like, by all means, Jesus Christ, do it. I live for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's some of the best music's formed out of that. But I think nah, it becomes bit, something nah, else nah, at nah. one point.
1: You've got to. you You know. I know what you mean. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: No, it's just it's one of those things. It definitely becomes something else at one point. That's true. And that that's where it either becomes something you become pretty focused on and it's still a passion project but it's something wholly different to you almost spiritually different if you want to say it that way um or it becomes something you have to do because without it you can't exist or whatnot Um,
1: that's that's where i'm at
2: well and that's the thing like like i think i made the joke earlier about the therapy thing with vocals like (laughs) there's a lot of catharsis and
1: screaming at nothing 100 percent. oh dude it's the best thing in the world as you know you uh, know that feeling that's that's <laughs> the one thing i do
2: miss from yeah. doing like playing this stuff live is great and i love it and people have seemed really into it but i don't finish a set feeling exhausted and like i've broken every bone in my body <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: and that's weird because vocals when you're a vocalist you kind of do yeah. if you're really going nuts and you go and i mean you you know particularly from me back in the day i'm I had a very very bad habit of uh, hitting walls, ceilings, jumping off everything, constantly moving backwards and forwards
1: to the point that I. I used to love it. Like, you used to love watching you do your thing. It was a good time. Uh,
2: someone, someone referred to me once, and said, were like, "I came here to watch a band, not fucking tennis." And I just
1: started <laughs> laughing. <laughs> you feel it, man, it's a physical thing. You know, you 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 feel that whole thing. You know, well, you well, and it.
2: lyrically well, it's lyrically an anxiety thing when I was doing mm. Schoenberg. Like it was purely anxiety, that music. Yeah. We were crazy. all awkward dudes writing stuff that we had no right writing at that point in time. <laughs> well, I don't feel like we did, but everyone's just those dudes are still freaks. They're all insane. Um, like we talked about Nelson's doing growth now. So
1: Yeah. Yeah, That's man. Great. I love that. I love that last last album. So good so good Zimmy's uh, cooking something up so. <laughs> so we'll see that a lot of the day. shane's composing or working in
2: a studio in canada now really oh that's yeah he's working for a studio that, that i think it um i can't say what projects I can't remember how much of it's like not like nd8 or whatever because he hasn't told me nd8 stuff but i don't even know how much of his position is li- like yeah, talked yeah. About. but if you go on his um, instagram you get listed um, he's working for a studio that does like game sound design and stuff. Oh, so man. he's like shadow composing. So he has to do like the session setups for like a yeah. chief composer. So you're literally like talking like rejigging entire studios for like multi million dollar composer guys. I'm like Jesus dude. Christ, like that's insane, man. Good on you. Yeah. Um, Christ. and like you know, I've I've always found it interesting. Like again, he's following what he was good at, which was he's an insane guitarist, but he was also Probably the main composer of Schoenberg mm. and he's obviously got a knack for composition, he had Empyrean before it and I know he was quite heavily involved in the writing I don't know, again, I, I don't know with those guys how much everyone wrote with that but I think that was a lot more of a shared project mm. but same sort of deal it has that weird eclectic focus and I guess he's followed that down another rabbit hole <laughs>
1: um, I have to look him up, it's been a very very long time, it's been a very long time of Yeah, yeah, he's been over there a god kind of thing now Four or five years. I Can't remember when they
2: stopped doing the Schoenberg stuff because I was, yeah. like you, you know, I was out of the picture for a few years after that. So I hmm. kind of remember when they finished it up at that point. So well but those man. boys went hard when they did. So
1: it did but, even, um, even
2: not in the band. I still appreciated the music.
1: <laughs> yeah, hey man, you got it. You got it. It was. It was. It was really good times. But uh, dude, thanks for hanging. Uh, well, it's empty. But uh, thanks for hanging out on the show, dude. We'll have all the links down here. Uh, for all your stuff, monsters around us, sick. Need some moich. I've got to get some moich. You got merch? Oh, don't
2: worry. Um, I will. I had shirts and stuff when I was doing perturbator and whatnot, but yeah. with COVID, just being lazy and spending more on studio gear and stuff. Um, <laughs> but I am a big fan of, like, stitched caps and stuff like that, like I'm wearing right now. Yeah, right. For anyone who hey, <laughs> So, yeah, we'll be doing, I'm going to be looking at doing a bunch of those for the single in the early part of next year, because uh, all the artwork I've got done, which I don't know, did you see the actual single artwork? It's on my Facebook anyway. And my yeah,
1: yeah, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll look out. that up. I'll look that up, but I do the, the comic book kind of art. Stuff. Yes, yes, I did actually. I did see that one. Yeah, it's awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. That awesome. so that's that's a dude I met through Twitter, Jeff Elkins, who does comic art. But I met him randomly because he was retweeted by Neil Blancomp the District Nine director. Oh wow. holy shit! And so at that point in time, Neil Blancomp was doing that Oates Studio stuff—the weird short films. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, basically, Jeff did like these insane poster designs for some of the short films and Neil was like, these are nuts and just started going, can I repost these and whatnot and that's how I found Jeff and I was like, so your work's sick, here's the tracks that I'm working on, any interest? And he was like, yeah, okay and we've right. just always worked together since so. That's awesome, that's awesome, man but uh, dude, thank you uh, for hanging Thank you so much for having me I really appreciate the chat, man You know, It's been, it's been a bit too long, we'll definitely have to catch up for Brews in the future That's exactly